It's one thing when a group of friends are totally in perfect fellowship. It's another thing when a group of friends are in fellowship and they've broken their relationships and they forgive each other and get back together again. Find out how to get that kind of unity on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey everyone, welcome to Inverse. We're so glad you decided to join us this week, wherever you are, whether it's by computer or by phone or by car, that you decided to join our group of friends. What? How do you join by car? By, by car, podcast. By the way, if you're, if, if you're there, you <laughs> oh, want to be podcast. on our podcast and give okay. the audio, and Callie obviously has no idea what we're talking no about. She's... We're going to forgive her, which is the theme of what we're talking about this week. So we're going to have a word of prayer. Callie, I think you need to pray for us, and we'll get into the study. Okay, let's pray. Uh, Father in heaven, thank you for the gift of your word, and thank you for the gift of unity that only comes through you. I pray that we would um, reap practical lessons today, and that you'd guide us to this end even now. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let's go to John chapter 11 uh, and verse 51 and 52. And Sebastian, can you read that key text for us? Yes, sir. Now this he did not say on his own authority, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation and not for that nation only, but also that he would gather together in one the children of God who were scattered abroad. Yeah, so I was saying in my opener today that, uh, you know, any group of people can really get together. And we see people who are friends out in the world, in non-Christian circles, uh, but really forgiveness is, is a perhaps a Christian contribution mm-hmm. uh, to society. It's a Christian idea, forgiveness. And to have that unity again, uh, mm-hmm. despite, despite whatever may happen, and then to, for the group to get even closer and bonded even more, that's a, that's a real gift and a real witness to the world. Mm-hmm. So Siku, I mean, we're, we started in John 11, and can you pop out that verse for us? What is the basis and mm-hmm. uh, what's going on in that verse for us? Um, in John 11, we just saw Lazarus um, died, and then Jesus went and resurrected him. Uh-huh. And this is such a, a monumental uh, miracle that has happened because he was dead for a while, so it's incontrovertible that he was dead. And people witnessed the resurrection. And so in verse 45 um, of John chapter 11, many of the Jews who had come to Mary, who is Lazarus' sister, Mm -hmm. and they saw the things that Jesus did, they believed. But some of them went and talking about what Jesus had done, it raises this controversy. What are we going to do about this situation? Because Mm -hmm. if Jesus can raise people from the dead, then we got a problem on our hands. Um, This verse is spoken of Caiaphas, who was the high priest. And his reasoning was, we need to get rid of Jesus because it's better that one person die Mm -hmm. for the whole nation. Mm -hmm. And what John, the author of the book, John, brings out in verse 51, it says he didn't realize what he was saying. Like he didn't realize that he was actually prophesying Mm. that Jesus would die, one person would die so that all people could be brought together in one. Mm -hmm. So it was sort of a... um, so An weird unplanned saying because he's prophecy. yeah okay, okay unplanned yeah. prophecy okay right. <laughs> like he wasn't <laughs> intending to <laughs> prophesy yeah. that Jesus would die to bring people together but mm-hmm. then he just so he's saying this just kind of almost frivolously almost whimsically and mm-hmm. he ends up saying this to be really the foundation 
for Christianity mm -hmm. that one man was to take away the sins away from 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 he was mentioning his people, but really yeah. all of all of humanity. Right, and that by and that by taking away the sins of humanity in verse fifty two, that he would gather together in one the children of God who was scattered mm -hmm. abroad. So this act of dying for the sins of the world, removing the sins from the people, actually is that very thing that brings people together in mm -hmm. unity. And this is our this is our Lord and Savior. He's the the beginner originator of our religion. He is the founder. He is the master. And and every follower of Jesus should mimic this willingness to give up self for the other. The mm -hmm. the, the basis for, for rec reconciling and forgiveness. But we don't see that too often in a Christian church. Mm -hmm. Christianity has become so mainstream in in some some senses that. Hey, I'm a Christian and uh, I hate you, but I'll just go to another church and then I'll worship the Lord Jesus. And what does he know about getting into conflict? He doesn't know any of these things. And, mm. Yeah. Sebastian, and you're, I think, you're, you're scrunching your face. Well, I think it's because it's true. You know, we, we kind of like to make it a buffet kind of opportunity where mm. we like certain reconciliation that makes us feel good, it makes us feel nice, and it's easy. But I think we tend to shy away from the more difficult paths to reconciliation with individuals like a father or a mother or an old church member or an old college colleague that, you know, we got into it and we just never mm -hmm. wanted to take that step mm -hmm. and reach out the hand to say, look, I don't want to be the one to be vulnerable first. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes in Christianity, it is held back by certain psychological factors like I just don't want to be hurt. I don't want to be the one to go yeah. out there and put myself out there. And the person's like, no, nah, actually, I'm going to reject you. And, and what Jesus, what, and you brought out this, this aspect of Jesus putting others above himself, and it just brings to mind Philippians chapter 2 for me, right? So Jesus, who is God himself, mm -hmm. but he you doesn't... want to go there? Philippians chapter 2? Yeah, two? because I think it's, it's beautiful... This wasn't uh, on our radar. Well, that's okay. <laughs> right. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, six, Actually, it's before, before seven, verse 5. Verse 5. 8. Right, five. Yeah. <laughs> Verse 5 talks about <laughs> Jesus, right? This mind, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. But verses 1 through 4 okay. tell us what kind of a mindset that okay. Jesus had. Mm -hmm. And the kind of mind that he had, um, verse 2, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, there's that oneness. And verse 3, let nothing be done through strife or ambition or conceit. In lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than himself. Mm -hmm. So, thinking of somebody else, of other people as better than themselves. And what Sebastian was saying about the fear of, of being hurt, mm -hmm. especially when somebody has hurt me, how do I think of that person as better than myself, mm -hmm. right? How, how am I supposed to esteem them and regard them as better than me when they're actually the one who's causing me pain? Mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and yet this is precisely what Jesus does. It's true. And, it's and I remember specifically an argument that Siku and I had years ago. Maybe she remembers uh -oh. this. Uh -oh. And we were at Run a friend of ours. We were at Amy's house. Um, and it was an we were epic argument. Yeah, it was an epic argument, you know. And yeah. it was crazy <laughs> because. No, you weren't. I wasn't. <laughs> I missed it. <laughs> and we kind of like separated, you know, different rooms. And like the other committee members were kind of like, bro, this is like crazy intense. Committee member. Oh, this was an official business meeting. Okay. Kind of. It kind of resulted from that. Yes. And I remember like stepping aside. And I, I remember distinctly, like in my prayer time, like remembering like the emotion on Siku's face and being like, man, like I think I was saying stuff that was like hurtful or like she was just like, dude, like you're not understanding what I'm saying. Yeah. And being convicted in my own heart, like Sebastian, you know, you're trying to value being right above the relationship. Mm -hmm. It's like 
maybe this is not the issue that you really need to be focusing on. Mm. And in that moment of time, like, and I'm even feeling the emotion right now, just thinking about the situation, like, so I had to literally... Okay. Share, <laughs> share. I had it's to like literally like international TV. You're on international TV. Yeah. <laughs> so Justin is savoring this moment. <laughs> and um, and I was thinking to myself, like, I don't want to be the one to go back to Siku and start and say, hey, I'm sorry first. Mm. You know, you kind of want the other person to come and be like, hey, you know, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done this. And I and think everyone knows that feeling. Yeah. That's and if right. They don't know they're lying. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But it was it was like so hard. And I remember going back and I was like, hey, Siku, you know, I'm sorry, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And part of that, I feel, is kind of even my responsibility as the male in the situation. Like I should be leading in that particular space. Like a lot of guys and even my father, it's like it's like that was never modeled. Like the guy doesn't come and humble himself and become vulnerable first as the stronger individual in the situation, whether it's physically stronger or whatever in that position. But for me, it was like, you know what? I have the onus to do this and I need to bite the bullet and be like, look, for the sake of Siku's peace, you know, I need to acknowledge what she was saying, apologize for, you know, all the stuff that went down there. And I think from that point forward, you know, I don't know if we had any other conflicts in that specific context like that. But it definitely brought us closer together. I think we're able to work better together. Mm -hmm. And it gave me a spirit of being very quick, James says, swift to hear, slow to speak, you know, and slow to wrath. Like, don't get so upset so quickly. Mm -hmm. And... It also, like, what, what happened afterwards? I mean, we're getting the story from one side. And I, I feel like Oprah here. We're like interviewing <laughs> some, 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 So what happened on, uh, afterwards? I mean, I mean, was it all hunky-dory like he said? I mean, or is, is he, I mean it's been hunky-dory since. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, the, the time, the time that, we, that we took to take a breather and, and, and think, and he did come to apologize first. But in that time, I realized that I wasn't completely right in that scenario as sure. well, right? Um, but then thereafter, it sets a foundation where I trust that our friendship is not just about, you know, who's right and who's wrong. And then if mm -hmm. we ever have a disagreement, that's not going to break our friendship, sure, right? right. Um, and esteeming the other person, like regarding the other person as more important than yourself, like more important than me being right, more important than me saving face, is that you know, we build a relationship that is going to move the work forward, sure. you know? Oh, man. And now you guys are tighter than, than ever, that you're, you can talk about this with a little bit of laughter on international TV. I mean, this is, <laughs> yeah. the Lord has really blessed this relationship. We still, we yeah. still have disagreements, but okay, it, it forms sorry. a... Yeah. <laughs> we all do with Sebastian, unfortunately, yes. But, but, it, but now there's a foundation of, I guess, a, a reconciliatory spirit, Yeah. you mm -hmm. know, like... We're not, it's not about being divided, but it's Especially about as together. disciples of the Lord Jesus, we should not be afraid of conflict. Mm -hmm. we, we, sometimes we, we are. We, we, Shy away. I think we do say we're afraid of getting hurt. And, 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 and that's a legitimate fear. Mm -hmm. But I think even deeper than that, I think maybe, maybe I can speak for myself, I do not want to get hurt. But there's also mm -hmm. a level of pride. Yeah. Right? yeah, that I don't want to get hurt by this person, or mm -hmm. I don't want to, you know, Conceive let's not even you. engage mm -hmm. this entire process. Yeah, which I find in in the Western world that is like I just rather be by myself, stay away, mm -hmm. and let me just be on my my phone or whatever, and just not be social. <laughs> I mean, and mm -hmm. we use like, hey, I'm an introvert sometimes as an excuse for that. <laughs> uh, we know Sebastian is not, but the rest of us are. are, are. Um, I think, and, and I think if the world, if the world could see like real relationships, you know, because uh, 
sometimes the Christian thing, like because we're supposed to be unified and we're supposed to be happy people, it kind of gets like kind of fake, you know? Pollyannish, yeah, saccharine, yeah, and honey ridden. Which it never, like that's not reality, right? But coming together at, in a unified way doesn't mean that you never disagree, but it means that when disagreements come up, what do you do about it? How do you yes. treat that? And when the world sees a way of dealing with disagreements, of dealing with conflict, that is more like Christ's spirit, mm -hmm. it becomes a testimony to them that there's something beyond what we can naturally do ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's true. It actually makes me think of a particular story. Okay, well, hold that thought. We're going to get to your story. We'll go to the break. <laughs> and afterwards, we're going to hear what Sebastian has to share. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Hey, welcome back, everyone. We're gonna we're just really anticipating Sebastian's story. <laughs> so okay. I remember being at the University of Michigan, and this woman from South Africa came to share mm. how her daughter, when apartheid and everything was going away, but there was still kind of like minor bouts of fighting going on there in South Africa. Huh. Her daughter had just graduated college, was getting like um, an internship at like the UN or something, and these kind of apartheid fighters broke in, had you know unfortunately assaulted her daughter and eventually killed her. And she arrived at home, not aware that this tragedy had taken place, but the news cameras were already there. And when she got there, they're like, hey, man, da-da-da, just happened. And they're throwing all the details out and all the rhetoric. And they're like, do you have anything to say to the perpetrator who's out there that they're looking for him right now? And she said, well, the only thing I want to say to that individual, if you're watching, is I forgive you. And everyone, like all the camera and the journalists were completely shocked. They were like, you forgive the person? She says, absolutely. I want them to know that I forgive them. Years later, the guy was caught. He confessed and admitted whatever served his, his sentence in prison. And of course, when he came out, no one was going to hire him. No one was going to give him a place to live. Like culturally, it was unacceptable. Yeah. And she said, I want you to come stay at my house mm -hmm. and sleep in the same room as her daughter who had That's passed it. away and eventually adopted him as her son. And there she was at U of M sharing the power of forgiveness not just between her and the guy and saying, we are very close, like he's like my son, mm -hmm. but it also impacted the community around her. Mm -hmm. And I think that it was such a, a, a beautiful picture of the power of Christian forgiveness, that it's not just how we reconcile among ourselves, but also even if we can extend that to unbelievers mm -hmm. and to say, man, if I can manifest that kind of forgiveness, people believe that is not natural to human beings. That is a mm -hmm. supernatural revelation of Jesus Christ through that person and through that community. Mm -hmm. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, which talks about this ministry of reconciliation. Chapter 5, verse 17 through 20. And Callie, when you get there, can you read that for us? Which verses you said? Chapter 5, verse mm -hmm. 17 through 21. 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. 
For me, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Mm. That, that, that passage has the word reconcile there almost. Oh, I mean, he's like wrapping the word reconcile. <laughs> One, two, three, wrapping. four, five. It says over and over again. Mm. Siku, what's going on in that passage? Kind of translate that, that passage for us. Well, he's, he starts, uh, earlier on he starts about God made, or that, that's afterwards, but he talks about Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. That we judge, we judge that Jesus was made sin, I'm, 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 I want to talk about verse 14, okay. as a foundation, right. but I keep going to the end. The love of Christ compels because okay. we judge thus. Yeah, we, This is how we judge, that if one died for all, then all died, and mm-hmm. he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Okay. And so this death Reconciles of Christ... not mentioned in that passage. Right, but the death of Christ <laughs> is actually is the foundation okay. right, of this reconciliation like that. Yes, that happens. Yes, yes. And so because Jesus died, now when we live, we're not living for ourselves anymore. And actually, I'm not even living for the people around me. It says that we live for him who died and rose again Mm -hmm. for us. So that becomes what motivates, what compels the way that we live. And because Jesus died in order for us to be reconciled back to God, Mm -hmm. we live so that other people can be reconciled back to God. Mm -hmm. And when we are all Mm. reconciled in God, then we are reconciled to each other. Mm -hmm. So instead of focusing on, I want to be reconciled with person X, with Callie, I want to be reconciled with Justin, with Sebastian. If my focus is, I want Callie to be reconciled to God, Mm -hmm. then our relationship becomes stronger because we are in a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. This this is like reminding me of a story very, very clearly. And um, so when I was canvassing, I went door to door, I was Christian literature, and I actually had a conversation with Sebastian. Going door to door is very mentally grueling and makes you sad because not everyone wants to know Jesus and then you take it personally if you're me. And so I talked to Sebastian about it, how hard it was. Mm. And he said, Callie, what you need to do is you need to love every person behind the door. And I was like, that sounds like a great tweet, but I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, but I was like, okay, I'll try. So I ended up going door to door and I met this young man who was in college and he told me in like five, after the first five words he told me was he was an atheist and he had no money and no interest in talking to me. I was like, well... Next person it is. <laughs> but I was just compelled to keep talking to him. And what Sebastian had said came back to my mind. Like, just try to love this person. But he was really annoying. He was really trying to be difficult. And he succeeded. And so I was like, I don't, I don't know how to love this dude. Like, he's really frustrating. Why should I even care about this guy? But while he was talking and talking about he was studying aviation and different things, I was just like, I just prayed. said, Lord, please give me a supernatural love for this young man. Mm. Because I don't have it. Mm. And it was as if he did. And while he was talking, he kind of stopped his narrative about his study. He's like, why are you even at my door anyways? It's like, well. And I said, so this might sound weird, but so I'm a Christian and I believe that every, every person is my sibling. So you're actually my brother in Christ. And for some reason, I actually love you and I want you to come to know Jesus. And that's why I'm so bent on you getting this book. And there's this really awkward pause. And I was like, this dude's about to think I'm super weird. And he said, Hold on a second. He went back inside. He got $10. He's like, if that's true, I want your book. And again, the great controversy. Wow. And the amazing thing about that is like, it was true. Like, I just want you to have this because I want you to be reconciled to God. Mm. And that is where this love and this desire to get you back comes from. And that was just a powerful and like, you know, powerful experience and just really showed me that it's not about persuasion. It's not about like, oh, I, I beat the arguments or like I convinced yeah. you. Yes. But I want you to experience the joy and the love that I so enjoy, salvation in Christ. I love what you said. It was a, you prayed for a supernatural love. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I linked that to <laughs> chapter 5, verse 17. There, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is or he or she is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So when Paul's writing here, he's talking about reconciling. You have party A, party B, not getting along. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta I, I keep clapping. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta <laughs> bring, them right. bring them together. <laughs> yeah. And this is a very simple secular message too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? If you don't believe in God and you're out there, look, you don't get along, just just get along. But yeah. this is not what Paul is saying. He's invoking the power of creation. Yes. He's invoking Genesis yeah. where where there is nothing. And then he says, and then just, and your example is, hey, I don't have the, the, the capability mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. love this random yep. atheist dude who I've never met before. Yeah. Create. And then he gave you the words. He gave you the facial expression. That's he gave you the actual love yeah. for this person because he obviously felt and experienced this by admitting that, you know, the $10, blah, 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 right. blah, blah. Uh, we need this. I think this is so important because yeah. sometimes we realize, like, oh, God just wants us to get, get along. No, 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 no. Our, jo- our focus is not to get along. Mm-hmm. The focus is to surrender and ask for that creative yeah. power and then just to go along with God's power. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. we're going to... Kelly and then Braxton. <laughs> One last thing. As stay on this vein is... I know we've talked about maybe in other episodes previous to this about how people outside the church can get along, right? People outside the church yeah. can be unified. Yeah. And it reminds me of uh, Matthew 5, 43 to 48. I don't think we have to go there. But it's where Jesus does talk about, like, you need you love someone who loves you. Even the Gentiles do this. Sure. Um, you are kind of people are kind to you. Even sinners do this. But you need to bless those who curse you and be with, and pray for those who persecute you. And so that is where the supernatural love comes up. We know that our love is not of Christ if we only love those mm. who love us. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, I, I just want to add, it's also cool that the, the creating is in us. Yeah. So whether that relationship pans out or not, mm-hmm. that there's also responsibility on that person's end to, to right. respond. Right. But we're not responsible for that. Our yeah. responsibility is just for ourselves and to submit to the creative power uh, and to be the proactive person in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think Proxy. that the, the very effort of reconciliation is a constant renewed revelation of what Jesus did on the cross. Mm. As soon as Amen. I put myself that's out right. there first, that's right. I'm doing what Jesus did. That's mm-hmm. right. And that's his whole thing is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. And those of us who accept that reconciliation now become ambassadors just like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And now God is pleading through us, he says in the text. Mm-hmm. Right when you go back to verse 20, for Christ, as though God were pleading through us, mm-hmm. we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Mm-hmm. So it's like God is now pleading through us now that we've accepted it. And I think that in and of itself is, is deep in the fact that we're so busy trying to be like, bro, you need to be reconciled to me or sister, you need to be reconciled to me. But the deeper issue here is that why are we not getting along? Why are we not reconciled? It's like you're not reconciled to your maker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not reconciled to God. And if I get you to be reconciled to him, our reconciliation becomes way 10 times easier mm-hmm. in the process. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. And Kelly, I'm going to ask you, because you, uh, you love the practical stuff, as, as so do I, uh, as so does everyone else. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, I'm, I'm Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20, 25. You are special. Thanks, buddy. You are so special. Uh, <laughs> Wait, not what you're saying. <laughs> chapter 4, <laughs> chapter four <laughs> verse 25 uh, to, to 5 to. Okay. Why don't you read that for us? Ephesians 4.25 says, Therefore, putting away lying, each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Mm. 
Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Amen. All right, let's juice out the practical elements. There's a lot of practical stuff there. There's a lot yeah. here, man. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm Sebastian. excited. Um, <laughs> I got some babies. All right. <laughs> Ladies first. <laughs> well, just kind of on a, on a broad thing, I think it's all summed up in chapter 5, verse 1. Mm. Therefore, be imitators, imitators of, of God. God. All these attributes of being tenderhearted, forgiving, not letting no corrupt word, not stealing, that is who God is. Mm-hmm. And we actually, we show our allegiance to God by imitating him. Mm-hmm. And the, the interesting thing is, dissension and disunity comes about because we're not imitating God. Mm -hmm. That is the only context in which it can arise. Mm. So if we are focused, all of us, to your point, we can't be responsible for other people, but if we are imitating God, there is no opportunity for Mm. disunity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, there's two things that that struck me, and these are two principles that have substantially transformed my marriage. The first one is that when Paul says in verse 26, be angry and do not sin, You know, the idea that you can be angry and not sin. Sometimes we think anger is, is sin, sin. Yes. and it is sinful. It's like I'm upset, like be I'm about to be on Christ like I'm about to lose my sanctification <laughs> on this one. And it's like, no, being angry is okay as long as you don't sin. It's what mm-hmm. you do with the anger and how you manage it. Mm-hmm. Um, and secondly, in verse 32, where he ends that verse by saying, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Mm -hmm. So in essence, another translation says, as God for Christ's sake forgave you, Mm -hmm. right? So when you think about this, you know, when Kenneth and I first came to this principle of, you know what? So many times in our marriage, you come home and you're like, man, she didn't do this. Or, you know, dinner was late. Or she's like, Sebastian came home late. He didn't call. So she's frustrated and annoyed. And you're kind of like, treating the person based on how they're treating you, mm. right? But here the text is saying, God doesn't treat me based on how I treat him. Amen. He treats me based on how Christ treated him. Mm. Mm-hmm. So therefore, it's like, even if I come home and Candace is doing everything to get under my skin and on my last nerve, I love her for Christ's sake. Mm-hmm. I'm not treating her based on how she's treating me. I'm treating her based on Jesus, how Jesus oh, treated mm-hmm. me. And so for me, it's and like the on Lord a Lord pra- help us with these practicals because I'm getting convicted on a lot of stuff that I need to make right. I don't know about how many of you guys out there are, are really need to being reconciled with somebody. Maybe it's the Lord's will that you watch this episode and that there's someone that comes to mind that you need to make right with. You cannot do it by your own strength. Mm-hmm. God will create that in you. That's my prayer. Prayer for everyone here. Hopefully yours. Thanks for watching. Inverse, we'll see you next week. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jared Thomas, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.